welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I am excited to have a new friend on with us this week, Rachel Janini. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I am living the dream. Rachel, (laughs) (laughs) why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Rachel Janini, rhymes with Panini. I am an early childhood educator. So meaning I basically teach all the littles up until third grade. After third grade, they get a little bit too mouthy for me. So I stick them with the young. Um, I'm also an early childhood advocate. So I make sure that all of our lovely rights to make like, you know, getting paid, having ratios that are appropriate. I uh, talk to the people and hopefully make that happen. And at the same time, I am a video blog host. So I make a lot of different videos. One of them is for a series called No Small Matter. There's a documentary under that same name. I used to make videos for the Chicago Children's Museum. And now I'm making a series called Quarantined with Rachel. Because we're all in quarantine. And that's where I found you, Rachel, was Quarantined with Rachel. I was wasting so much time on a rabbit hole of Facebook and a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend and a friend of a friend of a friend. You popped up and I saw the video and my wife is a preschool teacher and she's like, that's awesome. And one of the things I love about your quarantine with Rachel videos is that you're actually not talking to the children, right? You're, you're like the a human characters on Sesame Street. You're addressing the concerns of the parents. Yes. Right? So yes. talk to us a little bit. Why didn't you just make flat videos that I can plop my kid in front of and they learn from you and then plop in front of another video, most likely? Most likely. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, parents don't give themselves enough credit. Like you are your child's first and best teacher. Like first and foremost, anything that you tell them is gold, believe it or not. You may not think they're listening, but they are, and it is resonating. So I could have taken the approach of making media for kids, but there's a lot of it. And it's one of those, nobody talks to the parents and the parents are the ones with a lot of questions. So it made the most sense to me to talk to anyone I would, like I would a parent from my classroom of like, here are some tips, here are some tricks, like straight up, you will get through this, believe me. Also, kids wouldn't get all my funny references and puns. I think that's, I'll be honest, that's where I, I really just, I've laughed out loud many a times oh. at that. And it just, it cracked me up with, uh, with what you're saying and how you're sitting in the bathtub. Yes. <laughs> that was just great. So I hope you got my um, Back to the Future reference that I made within, oh, thank you. Yes, yes. I, I, yes. You reacted to my face. We're recording this on Zoom, everybody. But yes, please and thank you more of that. Oh. Um, it, you know, Al and I, as so everybody can hear this, Al and I prepare for these podcasts, 180 degree difference. Uh, Al goes on your website, digs deep, learns what he can. And I'm like, what's your name? All right, let's go. <laughs> and I read your intro that we asked you to submit. And from there, I just am, let's have a conversation. So, uh, but I, I have, I have, Facebook stalked a little bit and I, I'm a big supporter. So the, the big component of our podcast is not, 
you know, Al and I are camp guys. We're YMCA camp guys, JCC, Boy Scout camp people. But it's important to me, especially living with a preschool teacher, right, in the house, that we are addressing all of youth development from the littles, as you call them, all the way up through our, our teens and, and the scary, scary teen ones. So talk to us a little bit about moving forward during this time, not just to parents, but this is mostly for professionals. So how should professionals be proceeding when they're working with, with the, the peanuts, as I call them? I like that. Definitely. Be it peanuts or cashews, whoever you're working with. Um, I think the most important thing right now is the idea of being a really good listener. Because, okay, so I'm going to go a little bit deep into some early childhood knowledge right now. So we are all experiential creatures. We construct our knowledge based off experiences that we've had before. We pull little pieces together, and by that, we make an understanding of what's happening. Well, guess what, friends? It's an even playing field because nobody has experienced this before. And as a result, we're all coming to it really differently. So I know there's a lot of things all over the internet about like how to talk to your teen, how to talk to your kid, and they're really blanketed. They really just put out a, here's four things you can do. Well, before you do any of those four things, ask them what they know. Ask them what they think. Ask them how they feel. Ask them what they want to know because one, especially for those littles, they're able to take a lot of information in and it is misconstrued. For those older kids, they are thinking about totally different topics that you may not even be registering because you are an adult and you haven't had all those teenage angst in a very long time. So starting off with the platform of what's going on, what do you think is happening and what do you want to know? is the best way that we can move forward on a lot of different platforms, on informing and healing. And then what do you want to work on? So. You mean I have to talk to my child? You have to talk to your kids, basically. Ugh, I know. That's horrible. I know. <laughs> so one of my favorite quotes is, play is our brain's favorite way of learning. And, um, you know, when you're talking to your kids or, uh, at least in the videos that you're presenting, uh, you are an exuberantly playful person. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, differently within play within this pandemic? Yeah, play is, I love that quote. I think that's a really great, great, quote, uh, great quote, Al. Fun pronunciation. I would definitely say that play is not only the best way to learn, but play is the best way to heal and play is the best way to work out what's going on. So. As a parent or as a caregiver who's watching a kid play, take that opportunity to see how they're engaging with those toys. I will tell you right now, it is amazing. My downstairs neighbor has been playing with his Legos and making like, they always social distance. I think that is very funny. And it's a really great way to talk about that. Um, but during play, parents can ask questions about uh, how are those things interacting? How's that going on and, and play, is a really wonderful way through emotions for a kid to talk about and work out all of those things that they may be not able to articulate in a more eloquent way. Where do you think parents are going to be over the next 30, 60, 90 days? And how will that play out uh, for all of them? No pun intended or pun completely intended. That's a really great question. Uh, 
states are varying now in regards of opening up. Um, the one thing that is really nice is the fact that it is summer and there are opportunities via backyards and, and alleys and gangways and all that stuff to be able to get outside. Um, I want parents, I want nothing more sincerely for parents to take that like starting fresh in case you have forgotten your kid is awesome. Your kid is so cool. And yes, they may interrupt your Zoom meetings. And yes, they may drive you bonkers. But you know what? This really long road trip we're on will end. And this really long road trip, you will think back about how great it was that you had so much time with your kiddo. Now, what are you going to do with that kiddo in the next few weeks, few days, or few months is really going to change the way that your family works moving on when we go through something as a whole, you become closer. Think about that time that maybe you spent 48 hours with a friend, you took a road trip, you did that. There's something really different about your relationship with that friend. You know each other on a really different level, even if it's just a few hours. Okay, now times that by, you know, four months. Coming out of this, what does your family unit look like? And recognizing that one, even though that kid may drive you kazoo, they are the coolest person in the whole wide world and who you are really will change their development. And here's, here's what I'm really curious about. Um, imagine yourself six months from now and you're looking back at what you uh, have done and accomplished and how you've been supportively playing with uh, kids through your videos and all that. What have you learned throughout this next six months that you're going to tell Rachel today? That uh, even though they're really hard to make every day, and even though days are really, some days are better than others, you can't stop. You got to keep going. Um, and it's not about you. It's about everybody else. Um, I, it's funny though. The universe is very strange. I will get on that day that I'm like, I don't want to make another video today. Like I'm going to take the day off the universe will send me a random DM from someone that basically just says, hey, we spent the last four hours cutting grass with scissors. We found 10 bugs. Thank you so much for that. And it's this thing of like, dang it, get the camera. So I will tell, I want future Rachel to just kick my, maybe future Rachel is sending me those messages. <gasps> Whoa. We're not going to tell the universe to stop, so... <laughs> In your, your bio that you sent us, I want to, something that jumped out, and but I'm, I'm going to reverse this conversation a little bit, but talk to us about your cameraman. Ah, yes. My cameraman. I am very lucky. My, um, my husband, who is, happens to be a world-class photojournalist, is also in quarantine and as a result we have lots and lots of cameras and he is not busy so i am able to make him do my bidding and he's also really great to as he is very bored to say when are we making our video today yeah my family so, calls that voluntolding yes, yes exactly yes yeah. and due to the fact that he's also an audio stickler there's many conversations of you need to love it 
And it's just like, man, thanks for raising it to a bar of high quality. So the, um, the, the one thing I noticed in your bio, you need to talk to me a little bit about a volunteer hospital magician for open heart magic. Yeah. That, that just sounds, I want that on a business card. I want that on a placard. That sounds amazing. Talk to us a little bit about that. So Open Heart Magic is a organization. It's in, it started in Chicago, but it's also in Detroit now and it's in Ohio. And basically you go to, I, I, it is as cool as this sounds. I want to preface this. You go to Magic University. So for an entire semester, every, my class was on a Monday. So every Monday you go for three hours and you learn new tricks as well as hospital protocol. And you have a cohort of um, maybe 20 people. It's interesting, hundreds and hundreds apply. And it's a really long application. And then once you make it through Magic U, you become able to work within a hospital. My hospital is Comer on the south side of Chicago. And so every other week I go and I have a four hour round where I hit up as many rooms as I possibly can and we do magic. Um, and it's basically this entire idea of we're just the schmucks doing it. The kids are the actual magicians. So being able to put the power in their hand of their magic word, their magic wand, their magic power is able to create this magic. And I can tell you right now, being in a room where you're fully gowned out, masked, it is one of those things of nothing is better than having a child put a huge smile on their face that they made a magic ball disappear. Because to feel empowered when you can, I can only imagine you feel helpless is the greatest gift you can possibly do. I've been a, ma a magician for about three years now. I'm currently on hiatus just due to everything happening. And then prior to that, a little bit of touring, but I cannot wait to get back in there. I've been, I've been practicing a lot for my husband. Is he playing well with you? He knows the tricks. And as a result, he'll be like, I got to do it again. I saw, I saw, I saw something. It's like, man. Yeah. Can't, can't get anything by our, our family. They, no, they'll call can't. you out on the right out. So, yeah. well, Thanks, Rachel. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. There's three things that you can do to support our podcast. Number one, just keep listening. Number two, share with your network and contacts and colleagues. And number three, leave us a positive rating or like or reference, whatever you do. Welcome back with Rachel Janini. I am loving our conversation and talking about how we can engage our families and children and in the communities we're working in. Talk to us, Rachel, a little bit about your preschool teacher. We'll put you back in your preschool classroom and you're being expected to or being asked to do these Facebook videos, Facebook games zoom calls with your preschoolers and what does that look like and what are some of the the guidance you can give the staff to make sure it's appropriate and hitting all the marks to be healthy and educational and safe for them yeah uh it is one of those things that I, as much as i miss the classroom and i miss the classroom a lot e-learning is something like i am not a technical wizard so the idea of 25 year olds engaging in e-learning is I 
I think everyone deserves a merit badge for this and an extra special button because holy crumbs. Uh, um, I will definitely say that through my very brief experiences of doing e-learning right now with kids is one, you gotta mute them. Holy cow. Mute is your best friend. Interesting thing is children normalize stuff so quickly, which is bonkers. You tell a child that this is normal and because it's coming from you, a trusted figure, then they really, really take to it and like this becomes something that they do every day. So as much as this sounds a little counterintuitive, treating your Zoom experience, treating your e-learning like you would in your classroom, doing those those standard flows that you would between active material, excuse me, active engagement and then passive engagement, having those kids get up, having them move around, trusting they will somehow come back to the computer. Like put that same kind of trust that you do within your classroom within their home space. So really make it, also you're in charge. So make it what you want it to be. I, I have had the wonderful experience of setting my e-learning to we are starting the first day all over. So on our very first day of school, we made rules. Let's make rules together. You can't expect this to be a seamless transition from in the classroom to in their homes, but if you treat it just like day one and those rules will look totally different, then all of a sudden it becomes normalized, especially when you've already done this once before. So if we are still in this predicament come fall, everything you would normally do, establishing rules, establishing um, jobs, holy cow, think about that. Like, even though you live on this street and I live on this street, like you gotta water the plants. You gotta go outside and look at the weather and tell us what it is. Like maintaining those kind of schedules is really crucial when it comes to children just being able to have a routine and feel like they're in a trusted space and a safe space. So while you're not face-to-face, -face, do all the same stuff. That's some really great insight in uh, taking the real world and applying it to the virtual world. Um, are there things that you're learning uh, that uh, from the virtual world that you're going to take back into the real world? Children have a lot more to say. I think that one of the best things you can do is even essentially not mute them within the classroom, but find a place where they are able to share. Because one thing I've really taken away from engaging in this platform is the fact that so many children will just keep going. And one brilliant thing about when we talk, we work through problems. When we talk, we literally, you can see our thinking process. So when we shut children down, some of them aren't able to work through and get from point A to point B. But if you let them talk through it and you can interject and you can throw out those open-ended questions, then they can get places that you never thought your lesson plan would go. They can go far further than you ever anticipated. So once we are back into a familiar zone and we are one-on-one -on -one in spaces, making more time to just have really rich dialogues. We try it, obviously this is difficult with in the classroom when there's 20 of them and maybe three of you, but maybe setting up a meeting time with each kiddo twice a week for three minutes, for four minutes, however long, to be like, what's going on? How's everything? Is there anything you're curious about? And allowing them to just unload, because really it is amazing how much children are able to talk through. 
Yeah, treating them like humans. What a what a novel idea. Bonkers. Wow. One of the things, Rachel, that you shared in your bio is talking a little bit about um, uh, our public perspective in regard to working with youth and the value that we place in it. It seems that uh, there's a great deal uh, in the in the what I'm calling the positive media, talking about all the positive effects of this quarantine. How do you determine value related to the work that we do as youth professionals? I will, I'm so happy you brought this up, Al, because it's been my, my biggest advocacy platform right now. Well, first of all, let's, let's just to get a little baseline, are you guys baseball fans? Oh, yeah. Perfect, great, because yeah. I'm gonna make an analogy, and if you're not a baseball fan, then, then you won't get this. Let me start off by saying, the thinnest of thin, thin silver linings of this pandemic is the fact that we have gone from being viewed as babysitters to essential workers, right? Now, let's go ahead and take a moment and talk about that only 3% of all of the money spent on education, 3% goes to early childhood, right? And not only that, but the average preschool teacher makes approximately $12.70 an hour. So under that of a dog walker, we are one of the lowest paid professions and it does not change. Okay, while the pandemic has now hit, we have now completely, the world is now looking at us with very different eyes. We are sitting at that adult's table. All those trending, all those hashtags that were once on the fringe, thank teachers, pay teachers more, are now the top trending hashtags every single day. Okay, now here's where my baseball analogy comes in. I am a Cubs fan. One thing we are not very good at, or very good at, I should say, is leaving people on base. So for those that are not a baseball fan, your goal essentially is to go to every base and then you score by coming home. The Cubs, as well as other teams, but particularly the Cubs, will get someone on first, someone on second, someone on third, and you are under the impression we are gonna score a run. We are gonna score a run and we are gonna be okay. Well, then the next three people come up to bat and they all strike out. So those three opportunities to score any points are now gone. Nothing makes me more frustrated than the idea of this pandemic ending and us going back to something that looks familiar and we are back to being babysitters. We are back to being paid the lowest of the low, and we are back to being seen as nothing. If we do not capitalize on this, because people are finally spending time with their kids and saying, holy crumbs, you do this with 20 other kids every day, you deserve a million dollars. This is now our opportunity to come up and hit that home run, knock it out of the park. Let's get ratios lower. Let's get standards higher. Let's pay teachers way more. Let's provide really good professional development. All those things that we've been complaining about, rightfully so, for years, this is it. The top of our order, the good ones, are up to bat. Knock it out of the park. So as a parent listening to this or as a camp professional or a sports professional who only works with youth in a, in a sports or church environment, or we've had rabbis on and how can we join that advocacy to promote this? Cause I 150% agree across the board. That's thank you so much, Michael. That's a great question. Cause right now it, it's funny. Just 
our choir has always been rather small. That choir is now growing exponentially, which also happens to coincide with it being an election year. Those that are currently running, find out where they stand when it comes to the topic of early ed, and it's great. Everybody is really transparent. If you go to their pages, no matter what state you live in, and just type in early ed, or you go to their page, there'll be an education dropdown, and you can actually see where people stand. You agree with them? Let people know. You don't agree with them? Let them know. Like this, your voice is used when it comes to the political world because while you may not be signing that bill into a law, you may not be making sure and making you are not the governor, you know what? Yeah, they work for you. Your clothes may be stained. You may be having a massive caffeine addiction and you only talk to five-year-olds and they live in that fancy building and they have the fancy floors, but you know what? They are, like you are their boss. Make sure they know what you want. And right now is your chance to tell them, especially because there's a lot of different people who are putting out to their senators. Um, there's a couple uh, bills that are currently in action about the next amount of money that's coming out to ensure that centers are going to be able to reopen, that centers are going to be able to get um, the finances they need so that when everything becomes more familiar, people can go back to them. Like do your homework, you got some time. I'm sure you can find some time to do it. And that's how you can use your voice, regardless of who you are, a business owner, a parent, a camp advisor, anything. And you're not just talking about the, the person that's sitting in the White House. I mean, what you're honing in is who's on your local yep. school board, who's on totally. your local council, who's your first selectman or woman, who's your, yep. your state senator and exactly. your state representative and not knowing oh, well, this is the president's name. This is the vice president's name. I may know my senator because I'm in that state, but I don't know anybody else below that. Or I may know my first select woman or man, and that's it. You're talking about all avenues and all rainbows of this. Yep. When you go and you see all those bubbles to fill in on that sheet come election day, you better know where each of them stand because here's the deal. If kids could vote, I'm pretty sure I'm just, I'm not a kid, but I'm pretty sure they would vote for their teacher to not have to work two jobs. They would vote for their classroom to not be overcrowded and for them to have supplies that are not garbage. So but if you're like, if you're not going to do that information and hunting for you, do it for them. Yeah. Put it in perspective. If you're, you're just thinking about this for the first time uh, and you have children every year. Now mine's 18, he's in college, but every year we got a list of a page of supplies that we would have to bring into classrooms. I don't know about anybody else and I'll maybe overshare and my wife don't listen to this part. So hit mute Angie, but we don't have the money to spend an extra 60 bucks on Sharpies for the classroom and boxes of tissues for the classroom and these things that we're being asked to do. And we pay our taxes. We pay our taxes on time. We pay our share. And so these are the, this is what Rachel's talking about is all of those things she's focusing on preschool. And that's a huge, huge desert that needs to be filled in, but it's also education across the board. I'm not even going to get into college education across the board. You know, there's, there's systematic ways we can change it. So um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is the average teacher spends $600 of their own money every year. And that's, that is, that is a week and a half of work for me. And that is one of those things of like, 
between that and you and we still can't cobble stuff together? I mean, that's not right. Our kiddos need more. All those peanuts and cashews. Rachel, do you think we've reached the tipping point where, where, where we're, no, we're going to move beyond that? I think that this is definitely right. Uh, the ship has been righted a little bit. I think it's one of those, you can't fix a problem you don't know you have, right? If you don't know you have a problem, you can't fix it. Awareness is the catalyst for change. Well, people are real aware right now. And now they're real aware. And now they need a call to action. Because the thing is that you can know something and you can want to change it, but a lot of people don't know how. And I think a really great podcast like this and a lot of work that um, NACI and other national education organizations are doing to basically put out there like, you got to vote, you got to find out stuff. Um, you then provide people with a call to action, something to do. So I really think you're right, Al. I think that this is, I think this is the perfect storm when it comes to the opportunity for change. Again, the top of our batting order is up and our home run hitter is there. So let's, let's do it. We are definitely in the center ring of, of um, the spotlight uh, yeah. of everything right now. And um, uh, it, it, it's amazing that uh, youth professionals, uh, it, it's all, it always amazes me what youth professionals can do and the creativity that they have and how playful they can be and uh, you know, it's capturing this moment and putting it, um, putting it to good use and, yeah. and moving forward. Well, so thank you. Oh no, thank you. Thank you for, I mean, you guys having me on is a really great example of, of the fact that it's not just about us, it's about all of us. And it's gonna take all of us to make a change. So thank you. Thank you for, for joining us today. I really, really enjoyed having you on. Uh, give us a shout. How can people get a hold of you? How can they track you down? Yeah, definitely. So this is going to be hard. I'm going to have to spell my name because it is not one of those names that you could just look up. So my name is Rachel Giannini, G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. -N -N -I -N -I. Uh, obviously, you can find me via uh, my website, rachelgiannini.com. But if you go to Instagram or Facebook, just type in Rachel Giannini. And you will uh, see all those quarantine videos that ideally I would love for you to do with your families. And um, also, you can check out nosmallmatter.com. And that is a short way of finding me. And all those words are easy to spell. Great. Well, we will, we will definitely put the links to your website and information in the podcast notes. So again, Rachel, thank you for joining us. And hang out with us. And we'll be right back. Thanks to our friends at Expert Online Trading for supporting the Youth Development Professional Guidebook podcast. Al, you used Expert Online Training at your summer camp. I did, actually. I used them for several seasons at the last camp that I was the executive director. When we were trying to decide the items that we would present during our staff orientation week, there were so many things that we left out. And when Expert Online Training came along, it was like, oh, we can do this ahead of camp and then people come in and they're already prepared. We even added on to our, our support staff, our directing team components so that we'd all be on the same page prior to doing our support staff training as well. It just really made a huge difference. And Expert Online Training has some great folks who present uh, the kind of people that you'd wanna see at conferences or that you do make time to see at the different conferences throughout the year. So if you're interested in looking for the highest quality online training for your youth programs, go to expertonlinetraining.com 
and check them out. Thanks again for all their support. Welcome back. Uh, that was a great, great conversation with Rachel. Uh, Al, what'd you learn today? You know, if you could have watched her talking during this podcast, you'd see how expressive she is, how exuberant she is. Uh, you clearly get that enthusiasm that comes across uh, in her voice uh, and her tone and just the empowerment. And really what I took away from it is that, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's working with preschool kids are playing on so many different levels. You know, not only are they teaching and helping grow kids' uh, capacity for learning, uh, but they're, you know, she's teaching parents at, uh, at the same level. And it, it's absolutely uh, exciting uh, to hear uh, all the great things that she's doing. Yeah, I think she gave some great practical notes too on working with Zoom and and treating when we're when we're engaging kids at home, not just in the preschool world. Anytime you're engaging kids at home through a Zoom or or, or video device, you know, a couple things she said was you know treat it like your classroom or your program. Treat it just like you normally would. Have faith the kids are going to go get something and come back. And they're going to go look out the window at what the weather is and come back. Because that's the expectation you've set. and You've set those ground rules. Um, also, mute them. I thought that was a really <laughs> practical idea. You know, when you're working with a lot of people on there, feel free to use that mute. But then she followed up by saying, you know, at times you really have to unmute them and make sure you're listening and actually listening and hearing what they're saying, not just, uh-huh, okay, and moving on. So being intentional is really, really important. And the big part at, in the conversation we had was the call to action. So thanks again for staying with us this week. We really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.